Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Those airspace, they would have to be in radar and radio communication. Once you get a little farther from the bigger airports and you get into more rural areas, you're not required to be. Um, so they were operating legally. It wasn't like they were required to be in contact with any air traffic control. They were not... I guess basically the best answer to that question is, is they were not in contact with air traffic control and they were not required to be in contact with air traffic control. That uh, being said, were they on radar? Is there a radar recording of this? Yes, we do have a radar recording. That being said, are they, is it recommended that they communicate with air traffic control? Well, in what they do in, in smaller airports where there is no tower, in lieu of air traffic control, they'll have a common traffic advisory frequency where they'll be broadcasting their intentions, almost like a CB radio for, for cars. Um, I, that's a good question. I'm, uh, I always defer to local law enforcement to release the names, which they're prepared to do now. If, uh, if there's no more airplane questions, I'll just turn it over. And I just, again, wanted to thank the uh, Erie County Sheriff's Office. It's, it's logistically, it's been very hard to maintain three accident sites, so I'll, I'll turn it over. Did they say anything about the, uh, oh, sorry. Did they say anything as soon as the planes hit each other? Did they call in? Did they say anything? From other pilots that were on frequencies, there was no distress call. There was no distress call from these? these Correct. Either? From from pilots from other pilots that were on that same frequency, there were no distress calls. We well, there was no no communications received. We're told that the crash happened mid air. Do we know how high up they were when the crash occurred? We'll be able to when we take a closer look at the radar data. We'll be able to tell that, and we do have a time of the the radar data ended at 9:23. So we have that's that's pretty close on the Is time. That the moment of impact. That would be when one of the when when the airplanes dropped off radar. So it might be a few seconds after impact, but we have 9:23 in the morning. Is most of the wreckage from the um, Cessna buried over in Larson Road? Uh, right behind me, I would say is probably 80% of the Cessna, and uh, the only pieces that aren't here, like I said, is the tail of the Cessna and the left, the four feet of the left wing of the Piper. And the tail of the Cessna you located on Larkin. That I, I don't. I'm not familiar with the roads, so I don't know what Larkin okay. is, but in the cornfield. Okay. Right. The, in the cornfield is the is in is the, the cornfield you were speaking of Larkin. Okay, Larkin. Okay. Then yeah, the tail and the the wing of the the piper. And the wing of the piper was found where? Uh, about the, within 200 feet of the tail was four the four feet outboard section of the left wing. Four foot. Outboard. The wingtip really. Okay. So did both planes break apart and scattered essentially? Well, from those pieces are from both planes. Obviously, yeah, or different site. I still have to talk to some pilots. I believe it was a flight of six going to uh, an airport fly-in. I don't believe there was a pre-arranged, uh, or at least at this point, I haven't heard of any pre-arranged plan to fly in formation. Could you ask as far as blind spots, I mean, yeah. like, you talk a little bit about what type of blind spots are on these two aircraft? That's a good question. One's a high wing. The Cessna behind me is a high wing, so you would have trouble seeing above you. And the Piper's a low wing, so you would have trouble seeing below you. At this point, we don't. You know, at this point, we're just still documenting the wreckages and recovering them. The radar, does, is that going to ID the individual planes as far as tail numbers and what their altitude is? 
It'll, yeah, it'll give us a um, an altitude and a time. Yes. The plane behind us, how many passengers were on board? There was, and, and again, when you folks are ready for the names, I'll turn it over. There was one occupant on the plane behind us in the Cessna and two occupants in the Piper. And I'll uh, turn it over to Captain Savage. Thank you. Captain Greg Savage with the Erie County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we will release the names of the per people who were killed in the crash. Uh, the plane behind us was piloted by uh, Paul Rozak. He was 60 years old and he was a resident of the town of Hamburg. The Piper plane, which is in the field to the south of, of us, uh, was occupied by Richard and Kathleen Walker. They were both 69 years old and they resided in the town of Eden. Could you spell Paul's last name for us, please? R O S I E K, Rosette. R O S I E K. First name Paul. 60 years old. 60 years old. So there were no survivors in this crash. There were two in this plane and one in the other. That's correct. There, there were no survivors in either either airplane. Uh, we've spoken to some of the people who are familiar with them, and yes, they are experienced pilots. Uh, they have it's, it's a regular occurrence apparently for them to uh, to fly somewhere on a Sunday morning. That was their, that appeared to be their routine. Were they all friends going to the same place? Was this a planned trip between both? I think at least some of the group are very familiar with each other. They're friends, and they do fly together. Do you know where they were going and for what? Uh, the information that we had is they were headed for St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. It was just, you know, it's just like a destination. I don't think there was anything particular other than that's where they were going to fly to. I think they have a meal there, and that's just, you know, what, what their routine was on a Sunday morning. Flying in a fleet of... the walkers are from, please? The walkers are from the town of Eden. Flying with six of them total. Have you talked to those other pilots they were flying with? We have talked to some of them. Uh, none of the other pilots witnessed the crash or, you know, the impact or the crash. Um, so, they, you know, they're, they're giving us what information they can give and that's all being collected by the NTSB investigators and that will be part of the official report. I'm told that they have those other pilots. I mean, do they fly close together? Do they take off, you know, 10, 15 minutes apart? I mean, what's kind of the logistics that you're looking at here? Well, I, I really don't know. All I can say is Hamburg Airport is a pretty small airport. I would assume that, you know, it's one at a time. It's not like they, they only have one small runway capable of handling small airplanes like these. So I would assume that they would take off individually when one was up in the air, if the others would follow. It may have taken a few minutes to uh, for all of them to become airborne and then begin. I don't know if they flew, you know, if they, if they waited in the area for the other ones to be up and then started heading south or if, you know, one just went and then the other one ones followed as they as they took off uh, but we received the first 911 call at 924 a.m. which is matches up with the data from the radar they, they lost contact at 923 and we have several people who say that they witnessed the collision and witnessed the planes coming down and and so the calls were made immediately upon uh, I know we have uh, three major sites but was debris found anywhere else people's homes or lots no, no. As far as we can tell, no homes were hit. Uh, we have this site, and to the west of us here is where the tail section was found, and close to that was the wingtip of the other airplane, which is I would I would estimate maybe five or six hundred yards due west of here. Uh, it's kind of like in the corner of Larkin Road and School Street, just in from you know probably about about two hundred yards from that intersection. Uh, there's debris in the immediate areas of the airplanes, but as, as far as we can see, we haven't had any other reports of parts that have been found anywhere but in those areas. And 
roughly how far are we from the airport? Uh, probably in as as a plane would fly, I would say probably eight or nine miles. And this was a typical Sunday for them. You said based on the accounts we've gotten, this is something they would do. From what we've heard, this this group did this regularly. They took off from Hamburg and they they picked a destination and they flew together and and went to that destination. What are you hearing from these eyewitnesses who watched this happen? Are they getting emotional when talking about this? Some of them are very upset. Um, they, they are, and I, I think some of the people were familiar with the with the Walkers. Uh, we hadn't confirmed it, but the, the information we had was that Mrs. Walker was a kindergarten teacher here at the North Collins School at one point. So uh, I, I think some of the people here are familiar with her. I saw that some of the wreckage might be near, it looks like a gas tank or like a tank or something out in the middle. Do you know anything about that? Um, I'm not sure what that, that's probably a hay bale. I think that's, most of these fields are are uh, hay fields, and they, the, this is the, the season that they've been cutting and baling the hay, and they're leaving it out probably until it can be picked up and taken back in. But I think that's what most of those, what you're seeing out there are those big round hay bales. So what has the Sheriff's Office done up to this point, and what's your um, further involvement in the investigation? Well, again, when we received the 911 calls, our, our first priority is, you know, rendering aid to anyone who may need it. Uh, when our patrols arrived on location here, they found this plane first, and it was apparent at that time that there were no survivors in the in the airplane. And a short time later, the other plane, I would say within, I want to say maybe 10 minutes, the other plane was located, and it was apparent that there were no survivors in that plane. Uh, we then began to try to try to backtrack where they had come from and gather some information on you know who who how many people were in the planes, where they had taken off from, and. and we began to just gather as much information as we can. We did, uh, with the help of the North Collins and Langford New Oregon Fire Department, we did a search of the areas immediately around both crash sites just to make sure that there was no one else that was injured that was on the ground. Uh, nothing was found there. And at that point, you know, it was, we, we had Air One came up and he did a survey of the scene from the air. And he was the one that located the tail section, which is, is in the cornfield. You wouldn't be able to see it from the road. It's, it's a ways from the road. So he, he found the tail section and we immediately had our deputies respond to all three locations and secure the scenes. And uh, that's when the, our investigation began. We contacted the FAA, we contacted NTSB and uh, took some advice from them. And we just, pr we pretty much from that point just held the scene down until they arrived. Will you all be releasing any of those aerials? Um, that I couldn't tell you right now. I, I think at this point we probably won't do that immediately. Uh, we're going to be turning all of our footage, our, our photographs, our video from Air One over to the NTSB. Uh, and it's it's pretty much what you're seeing just from the ground level here too. It's just an aerial shot. Can you tell us a little bit more about the victims, what you've been able to gather so far from uh, I, I really don't know much about them. Just, you know, we have spoken to some of the other pilots that were familiar with them. They all said, you know, they were experienced pilots, uh, did a lot of flying, but other than that, I really, I really can't say. Are there but, any more witnesses to Canvas, or at this point, do you kind of have all the witness testimony you need? I think we have spoken at least by telephone with all the witnesses that we know are out there now. Uh, we've taken some written statements, and there's one or two that we haven't, that we've spoken to on the phone. Uh, and. Everything, you know, everything seems consistent with what they're telling us. I believe it may have been further up on Jennings Road. I think that's where one of the witnesses was. I'm not, I'm not sure who it was that I, I can see the number, but I'm not sure who it was that actually made the call. 
Uh, I did speak to, I think we received a couple of them. I'm not sure which one came in first, but it was literally as probably as soon as it happened, we were, we were receiving 911 calls. I, I'm not sure. I, I assume they own them, but I'm not sure. In your time working with the Erie County Sheriff's Department, have you seen a small plane crash this bad before? Uh, two years ago, there was a similar, as rare as it is, a similar mid-air collision uh, in, from the Lancaster Airport. And one of the planes crashed. It had two people on board. Both of them were killed. The other pilot was able to get the plane on the ground. It had some damage, but he was able to land it safely. There were two two passengers in that plane so and I was on I was on location of that one so yeah this is the second one within within two years Talk about the rarity of that I'm, I'm not an aviation expert I really I really don't know but that's pretty much you know what, what we have right now uh, our main objective now was to uh, release the names of the, of the people who who died here uh, so the wreckage that we see here is this how it was when you all arrived on scene or has yes once you all turn this over to the NTSB, is this case closed for you guys as far as the investigation is concerned? We, we'll give them everything that we have, and from there, they're, they are the lead investigative agency, and they'll take care of it from there. Is Hamburg so. Airport open? I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.